Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, you're probably wondering why you're watching me on a screen today, and that's because it is my turn to test positive for this strain of COVID. Uh, last week, uh, earlier in the week, I tested positive, and I'm getting really close to uh, the end of uh, me having to kind of quarantine and be away. But uh, just out of an abundance of caution, we wanted to make sure that I didn't unknowingly make anyone sick. And so we thought we would go ahead and pre-record this. It's kind of crazy how much this is going around and how many people are being affected by it. Uh, the symptoms, at least for me, seem to be pretty mild. Uh, I think that's kind of the case for most people. Uh, but uh, I just, I would hate if I infected somebody, I would, I would hate for them to have to go through it. And if there are symptoms, because there is for some, uh, much more severe symptoms. And so uh, I just, out of an abundance of caution, I hope that you'll understand my decision today to uh, care for you. I love you guys, and uh, I just would never want to put you in a position to uh, get sick. So, in fact, I think maybe what we'll do uh, before I jump right into the message is, why, why don't we just take a moment and pray? Uh, I'm sure you have people, as we talked about last week, you have people in your life. You may have family, you have friends. I know there's uh, quite a few people in the church who are uh, dealing with this. And so why don't we just pray for health and healing in people's lives this morning? Can you bow your heads with me? Father, uh, we are so grateful that we uh, have the technology to even be able to do this. And and so uh, we, first of all, are just thankful for that. And we are thankful for life. And uh, God, I pray for healing and wholeness and uh, in people's lives who are uh, dealing with sickness right now. This is something that seems to be kind of running rampant all through our city and uh, certainly throughout our country. And, and so, Lord, I, I'm just praying for those who, uh, like myself, uh, are sick and have this. God, that you would just bring healing and wholeness into their lives today. For those who are here this morning who uh, have family and friends, Lord, would you just, uh, I just pray and speak healing over uh, their lives as well. And Lord, we, we ask that as we go into this message that you would give us peace, uh, that you would open our hearts and minds to what you have for us today, and that ultimately, Lord, that we would leave this place a little bit different than we showed up today. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, we are in the midst of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I'm not sure about you. I don't know how your fasting is going necessarily, but I uh, hope that uh, in some capacity you are partnering with us and, uh, and doing this together in, in some sense that you've chosen something to fast or a time to fast and a time to pray that uh, as a reminder that fasting isn't just a diet, it's not just eliminating bad foods from your life, it's, it's really about what are we replacing the, the habits that we have in our life, the things that we are doing, how are we replacing those things with the things of God? Right, And so uh, for uh, all of us, as we go through this, we've been uh, going through the prayer guide and uh, hopefully you've been utilizing the family moments and getting together with your family and uh, really making this more of uh, a multi-generational, or not multi-family, but multi-generational uh, family type of season in your life. And so I hope you've been doing this with us. Uh, it's such a great opportunity for us to kick off the year 
as we focus on uh, our relationship with God and focus on the habits that we want to form in our relationship with God. And so today I'm going to talk a little bit about prayer. And uh, I'm going to talk about kind of the, um, the phases of prayer and how uh, we go through these phases, and some are easier than others. But before we get to that, I want to jump into the scripture, and we're going to go Old Testament today. Uh, we're going to jump into Daniel chapter 10, verse 11 through 13, and it says, And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I've been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit, prince of the kingdom of Persia, blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit, prince of the kingdom of Persia. So this passage of scripture kind of lays the, the framework for something that we've probably all experienced at one point or another in our lives. For many people, as you are going through these 21 days of prayer and fasting, for many, they're carrying burdens, right? And these burdens are, are heavy, they're laid heavy on your heart, and uh, it's kind of this weight that you've decided that as I'm going through these 21 days, I'm going to be praying for these certain things, these burdens that I have. And, uh, and so I just want to encourage you in this that sometimes as we go through this and the burdens that we're carrying, they can be uh, overwhelming to us. They can be heavy in our, in our lives. And, uh, and I, want to, I want to just kind of talk through like what what is the process in bringing these burdens and these uh, these things that have been laid on our hearts? What is the process that we take in bringing that before the Lord? Uh, statistically, it says uh, we know that about fifty five percent of Americans pray regularly, which is, I was a little surprised by that. That number seemed a little bit high to me, but fifty five percent pray on a regular basis. That number actually goes up higher than that, kind of between 70 and 80% after some sort of uh, catastrophe or uh, whether it's like 9-11 or uh, a natural disaster, something that takes place where there's death and just uh, horrific things. And all of a sudden, people hit their knees and they begin to pray. And so that statistic goes up. Now, statistically, uh, we, when we turn to prayer, we are praying for certain things. Uh, the number one thing on our list when we pray, statistically, is for gratitude and for thanksgiving. And I was really encouraged by that. I thought, wow, that's pretty fantastic that for the 55% of Americans that pray, they're really praying out of gratitude and thanksgiving. To me, uh, that's an encouragement. But we also pray for our family. Uh, that was number two. We pray for relationships. So that kind of came in number three statistically and then for healing. Uh, we also pray for vision and direction through crisis. Uh, or we'll also pray for financial help as well. So chances are your time in prayer over these 21 days are related to one of those things that we normally go to prayer in. 
right? Whether it's we're praying for healing or we're praying for relationships or we're praying out of thanksgiving and uh, gratitude or, or we're praying for our family and uh, in that dynamic, like it probably falls into one of those categories. And there's probably some specific things that you are praying for, that you're looking for answers to. The interesting uh, thing about prayer is prayer actually, there's actually three phases of our prayer. The first phase is, and I think we can all relate to this, is the moment that we realize we needed something, we needed help, and so what did we do? We prayed. So there's the first phase of prayer is, I know this seems very obvious, but it's prayer, right? It's the moment in which you realize, oh my goodness, I need some clarity in this thing in my life, and and so, God, would you give me clarity? It's that moment of prayer. In fact, if I was just going to use some emojis this morning and I thought about, you know, maybe utilizing some technology and doing this, but uh, I would use the, the praying emoji, right? The praying hands. Uh, and then there's like the third phase. We're going to skip over the second phase for a second. The third phase of prayer is the praise. So I would use the, you know, praise emoji hands or whatever, that, that it, that's the point at which you realize there's been an answer to your prayer. It, it's, the, it's the part of prayer, it's the phase in prayer that when God has come through and there is something that's taken place in your life that you realize that he could only get the credit for, and so you are praising him for answering your prayers. But the second phase So there's the prayer phase, there's the praise phase, but the second phase, the second phase is, that's that's the one we struggle with. The second phase is in between the prayer and the praise. We don't like the space between prayer and praise. We don't like the, the in-between. It's the, it's the struggle that we find ourselves in, that, that space between prayer and praise is the waiting. And if you're like me, you don't like to wait. I don't like to wait. That's the hardest part of prayer is the waiting. It's the part that we wish wasn't there. We wish we could just go from prayer into our praise but there's this space that is in the waiting. I don't think any of us really like waiting. Uh, think about it. Uh, I, have you ever gone into an elevator? We don't like waiting on the elevator doors to close. In fact, we start pushing the little button that makes them close faster. And I've actually been told that that button's not really connected to anything. But we still push it anyways because it makes us feel better. And it makes us feel like the doors are going to close faster. Am I right? The, the spinning wheel on a computer or whatever computer you have and whatever form uh, that you have where it's just like loading or waiting on it. It's like it, it drives us nuts when the, when the bar goes across the top on our web browser and we're, we're waiting for the page to load. It's, it's one of those things we just can't stand it. We, we are so impatient. We do not like the waiting. In fact, it reminds me of... Uh, few years ago when our kids were younger, uh, we took a road trip. Uh, honestly, it's probably the last road trip I ever took. I don't like road trips. But uh, we decided that we were going to take our kids on a road trip 
out to California and that we were gonna take them to Disneyland. And so we had this whole trip planned. In fact, we even invited uh, Kelly's nephew, Jack, uh, to come with us. And so Jack and Jacob are pretty close in age. And, uh, and so uh, he was with us. They were a lot younger uh, at the time. Marley was just a little baby. Uh, so this is probably, you know, 11 years ago or so. And we get to Disneyland, and we had worked really hard to um, plan this out in such a way that the kids would just have this amazing time. And uh, and I don't know how things are now because it's been a long time since I've been to anything Disney. But uh, back in the day, back when I went uh, with the kids, there was uh, what was called fast passes. And so uh, you would what you would do is you would grab everybody's tickets and you'd have a runner, and the runner would run around to the rides that always had the longest lines, and you'd put your ticket in there, and it'd kick out a fast pass, and it'd tell you the time that you could come back, and you could skip the regular line. Well, I was the runner, right, because I, I don't like to wait. So I grabbed everybody's tickets. We ran around. I, I ran around the whole park, both parks, and, and got all of our fast passes so that we wouldn't have to wait in the regular line. Unfortunately, you cannot bypass waiting completely at theme parks. You can pay extra money to skip lines or whatever, but there's still waiting that takes place. And uh, I remember our nephew Jack saying, why did you bring me here? All we do is wait. That was his response. I'm like, you're in the happiest place on earth. You will be happy. You will enjoy this. You will wait with a smile on your face because it cost us a lot of money to be here. No, isn't, it, isn't that true, though? It's just, it's just like us. That in the midst of the waiting, we, we could be in the greatest environment ever, and we cannot stand to wait. We, we can't handle it. We don't like it. Even in the drive-thru at Whataburger up here on Wilderness Oak, which, by the way, is the longest wait of any Whataburger I've ever been to, but if I have to wait more than 10 minutes in a drive-thru line, I'm pulling my hair out. I'm freaking out. I'm looking for surveys to fill out and complain about. Right? We don't like the wait. But I want to contend this morning that it is in the wait that God does his best work. And so the question for us this morning is, what do we do in the wait? The first thing that uh, I want us to do in the wait is to really grab hold of our theology of prayer. Right? What do we actually believe to be true about prayer? Let me just give you some truths. Truth number one is this, is that God hears our prayers. Like if we don't, if we don't believe that, if, if we don't get that truth, then everything else is just a waste of time. Right? If, we, if we don't really believe that God hears our prayer, then everything that we're doing is futile. Right? Why, why bother? If, if we don't believe that he hears our prayers, then we've got much bigger problems. But we do believe that. That is a truth that we believe, and we're reminded of that from Daniel's prayer. He says, it says, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, listen to what it says, your request 
has been heard in heaven. That is the promise. That is the truth that we can hold onto this morning, that, that our prayers, our requests have been heard in heaven. Psalm 18.6 says it like this, but in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. He heard me. My cry to him reached his ears. And so as we reflect on this truth about the God who made the universe, this is the God of creation, the God who created you and me, the God who is the beginning and the end, this in the enormity of who God is, he hears our prayers. A God who is that big, that is one of the greatest miracles that, that you could ever imagine, that a God that big can hear my prayers. His ears are attentive to our prayers. I was thinking about when my kids were younger and uh, we'd put them to bed and uh, there would be a, a time at which it was like, okay, it's time to be quiet. Like, you're not gonna be singing in your room and uh, at one point, Marley and Claire uh, shared a room. It's like, okay, no more talking. Uh, and we would leave the room, and immediately they would start talking. And so we go back in the room, and we're like, we told you to stop talking. And they're like, well, how could you hear us talking? It's because we were listening. We, our ears were attentive to it. We could hear you because kids' whispers aren't really all that whispery. Truth number two is God answers our prayers. When we pray, this is the promise, that he answers our prayers. Daniel 10, 12, it goes on, it says, I have come, what? In answer to your prayer. First John five fifteen. and if we know that he hears us, right? If we know that as we pray, he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Matthew seven eleven. if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? His answer may not always be what you want it to be. It may not always look how you think it should look, but we have to trust that his ways are better than my ways. We have to trust that, that he is answering our prayers. We have to believe that he answers our prayers. Truth number three is that God uses our weight. Not our weight, our heaviness, but our weight, the period in between prayer and praise, that that space of waiting, that he uses that, that it's not a wasted space. He has something great that he wants to do in the midst of our wait, that our God could take anything that is seemingly negative, anything that, uh, that may not be turning out the way that you would like it to turn out, and he could take any issue that we might have and turn it around for good. That's why Romans reminds us that we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, that he can take anything. And even in the midst of that space of waiting, 
that can feel so difficult to us, he can make that great. And he can do things in our life in the midst of that that is unbelievably profitable and true for each of us. In verse 13 of Daniel, it says, but for 21 days, the spirit, prince of the kingdom of Persia, blocked my way. This is essentially uh, identifying the enemy of our souls, right? That we have an enemy, that we are fighting in our prayer life, in life in general, that scripture says that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities of darkness, that we are fighting a spiritual battle. When you pray, you are fighting a spiritual battle. The enemy of our soul is looking to create fear, looking to create doubt, looking to create shame and condemnation in your life, that even in the midst of setting 21 days aside to pray and to fast, that in the midst of that, he's gonna come after us. And if he can create that fear and that doubt and that shame and that condemnation and distract us from the importance of our relationship with him, that he will begin to wear away against our faith. But if we can hold strong, if we hold fast to the truths of who he is, of who God is, then in the midst of that struggle, our faith gets stronger. I've heard it said that the only thing worse then waiting on God is wishing that we would have. What I mean by that? Well, oftentimes we get in the midst of the waiting and it becomes too much. The lies of the enemy become too much and we oftentimes take matters into our own hands. We stop trusting the waiting. We find ourselves pulling away from his presence and We try to solve things on our own. Can I encourage you this morning to trust the waiting? Be patient and don't waste the wait. Utilize this opportunity as we are spending 21 days in prayer and fasting. Don't waste the wait. As you pray for God to move and work in your life and now you're in this waiting phase of your prayer, don't waste that time. How do we do that? How do we not waste the wait? Psalm 130, uh, verse one through six says this, out of the depths, and I love the the language of this verse because there's just, it's here, it's out of the heart. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you, that we could serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. It's a moment of decision. It's a, it's a, A decision that says, I'm going to dig in. I'm going to press into the waiting. My whole being is going to be a part of the waiting period. That where I say, I can endure this space because I have hope in him. And he gives us this picture of the watchman. 
The job of a watchman was to be on the wall and to look for uh, uh, potential dangers or impending threats that would be coming their way. Uh, Watchmen safeguarded fields and vineyards during harvest time. And, uh, And what most don't know or realize is at the core of their job description, at the very heart of what the watchmen would do, is they would sit on the wall and they would look off to the horizon for the first hint of daybreak. That was their job, that they would look and they would wait in anticipation of the first hint of light. We have the assurance that of who he is. We have the assurance that we can put our hope in him, but we must focus our eyes and attention on the horizon, on what God is going to do at the very hint of breakthrough in our prayers. How do we focus? How do we keep our focus on him? The first thing we do is we focus on his ways. We focus on his ways. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 through 25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. So our hope isn't anything of this world. Our hope isn't taking things into our own hands. Our hope is for he who promised. Because he who promised is faithful. Well, who is he who promised? He who promised is our God. Who is our God? Our God is love. Our God is powerful. Our God is faithful. Our God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Our God is above all, the beginning and the end. He is our redeemer. He is our savior. He is our healer. He is our hope, and he is our light. And he is in love with you and me as his children. That it's in the waiting that we stay focused, that we call truth to mind. That when fear comes in, we call on peace. That we will call to mind who our God is. We're gonna focus on his way, on his ways. Hebrews goes on, it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So what are the, what are the areas of your life that God's ways needs to break through, right? What are the areas in your life that maybe during these 21 days of prayer and fasting that you're asking God to bring breakthrough in your life, that that you want God to work on in your life? In fact, I wanna just encourage you for the next 14 days, over the next 14 days, press in, seek. Ask God to show you those areas of your life that you want him to move on. In February, we're going to be hosting classes specifically chosen to help equip you to live your life on mission and uh, to live this life as Christ followers. And and so uh, we're going to be presenting uh, a, a few different options for you. But as you go through your prayer time, I want to encourage you, could you be praying to say, God, are one of these areas something that you want to do in my life? 
Uh, if you've got financial issues, like you've been struggling with your finances over the years and it, it just keeps being a hang-up. Maybe it's affecting your marriage and affecting your job or your anxiety. Like it's just, it's just causing, it's wreaking havoc in your life. Can I just suggest to you, like, like, like do something about that. Like maybe financial peace is for you. Right? We're going to be offering financial peace uh, coming up in February. Maybe that's an opportunity for you to allow God's ways in how he sees money and how we should be stewarding our resources. Uh, maybe his ways need to take hold instead of your ways. There's, uh, maybe it's something that you're struggling with, uh, with hurts, past hurts or habits that you have, uh, hang-ups. Um, maybe the, the walk to freedom class that, that's taught is something that would be beneficial for you, that maybe uh, God really wants to get a hold of some of these hurts and these habits and hang up some of these strongholds that, that have held you back your whole life and, uh, and his ways, his ways will be better than your ways of dealing with them. And so I want to encourage you to maybe take that. Um, Maybe you just need more clarity and understanding of, of what a relationship with God really looks like. Uh, we're going to be offering EHS, Emotional Healthy Spirituality, again. And uh, this is an opportunity for you to uh, press in, to set some time aside and allow his ways to transform your heart, transform your mind in, in how you approach your relationship with God. See, much of what we go through in this life, we, we try to fix it on our own. We, we try to do it in our ways, and we know, inherently, we know that his ways are better, and we know that when we focus our hearts on his ways, then our life ends up the, having the knowledge and the peace of, of everything that he's doing in us, we know that that transforms us. But it's not a quick fix. Like, nothing of his ways is quick. Like, it, it takes time for us to work through that. There's that space between the prayer and the praise, and that is the waiting. Can God do things instantaneously? Yes, of course he can. But many times we see his best work in the midst of the waiting. The second way that we focus is on his word. 1 John 5.14 says, This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears us. The, the practical things that we can do in the wait is to attach scripture to it, that we can anchor ourselves to his word, that, that as you are in the waiting and you're praying for maybe your finances, you attach to that scripture about finances. Hebrews 13.5 says, keep your life free from love of money. Be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Like you attach scriptures to it. If you're dealing with anxiety about your future, you attach Matthew 6.34 that says, therefore don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for it for itself it's sufficient for the day uh, sufficient for the day is its own trouble 
We look for those truths, those promises in Scripture, and we focus on his word. We attach Scripture to our prayers. The third thing is we focus on his work. When I was growing up in Sunday school, when you didn't know the answer to the question that your Sunday school teacher asked you, your proper response was Jesus. Like, that's always the answer, right? The answer is always Jesus. And there's actually, as much as we laugh about that, and I can hear you guys laughing about that, uh, as much as we laugh about it, there's truth to that. That when we are facing things that we don't understand, things that seem to have no answer to them, the answer is Jesus. We can lock in with him. Hebrews 12, one through two says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. This scripture is often referred to as the hall of fame of faith, right? In Hebrews chapter 12, we, we see the, this great cloud of witnesses. We see this group of people that, uh, that they're, it's just the hall of fame of the Bible of faith. But it's really the hall of fame of waiting. Because if you think about it, the people that he lists, many of them are people who had to wait a very long time. These people, they were really good at waiting and trusting God. They saw the promise from a distance off on the horizon and they remained in the waiting. Joseph waited 13 years in the midst of slavery, enslaved. He, he, he waited 13 years from, from the prayer for the promise to the praise Abraham, 25 years from the promise to the praise of his son Isaac. Moses, 40 years in waiting. And in all of that, what is their testimony? In the midst of all of that, what was the testimony that they had? That it's better than anything they could have imagined. That what God had in mind for their life was always better it goes on and says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on the answer, which is Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So whether it's one day or 21 days or 25 years, we are reminded that if you are for me, then who can be against me? We are reminded that it is in the space between prayer and praise that is that, that is where our faith is perfected. That is where we are cultivated in our relationship with him and our trust and dependence is built that our faith is perfected and we need to embrace the waiting. We've always maybe loathed it We've always wanted to reject it and walk away from the waiting, but we need to embrace the waiting. I'm gonna end with this. It's a quote by Charles Spurgeon. It says, if the Lord makes us wait, let us do so with our whole hearts. For blessed are all they 
that wait for him. He is worth waiting for. The waiting itself is beneficial to us. It tries faith, exercises patience, trains submission, and endears the blessing when it comes. He is worth waiting for. Let's pray.